Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and put on the armor of light now in the time of this mortal life, in which your Son Jesus Christ came to visit us in great humility, that in the last day when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge both the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry, and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you. You have hidden your face from us, and you have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we all are your people. The word of the Lord. Reading from 1 Corinthians. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by him. You were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus said, In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be aware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. 
It is like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have heard several times that the season of Advent is a season of preparation and reflection. It is a season that has us remembering our forefathers and mothers. It is a time to stop, take a breath or three, and ponder for a few moments on the ultimate gift given to all nations. We are to reflect on the birth, life, and death of the Messiah, the Holy Son of God, born of Mary. More on that to come in the weeks ahead. So, when I began to do my sermon preparation for this week, I actually did take the time to stop, take a few breaths, and ponder. I took the time to reflect on what Mark was telling his audience and why. I'm not sure that I came up with anything profound, but I did come up with thoughts that I wasn't expecting. Those thoughts rattled around in my head for a few days. Then I had a chance to have some much needed time with a dear friend who imparted great wisdom when we spoke of the thoughts that were running through my head. So with my pondering and the wisdom of a friend, I came up with some things to share. Today's Gospel from Mark is our first Gospel reading of our Church New Year. What a way to start the year, being told that the sun will darken and the moon will not give light. I do not know about you, but to me, that doesn't sound like a very hopeful and inspiring message to take into a new year. Our Gospel speaks of the second coming of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. It tells us that the Son of Man will be coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Wait, didn't I hear something like this before? Didn't I hear that a mighty king from the branch of David was to come and reign? Yes, I did. It was in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, verse 5. The prophet Jeremiah prophesied, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. Jeremiah was giving his prophecies about the coming of the Messiah, the first coming. The Son of God was coming to reign as a, as a mighty king would, similar to the reign of of King David, a king that would reign, protect, and conquer all the enemies of Israel. He wasn't only a, he wasn't only he wasn't the only prophet that would share similar prophecies about the coming of Jesus Christ. They believed that the Messiah would come and set everything right. So be ready, stay alert. Well, I personally think that the prophets were a bit naive and set up a sense of entitlement. All of Israel believed that the king would come with might and power and sit on his throne on this earth 
and distribute judgments and righteousness against those that were enemies of Israel. They thought the coming of Christ would set things right and they would have this amazing life under his rule. They thought the Messiah would come with sword in hand and reign majestically. This Messiah would take care, would take all of their problems away, and life would be the way it should be. Israel would serve the Messiah, and in return, the king would be their protector and their problem solver and be powerful and mighty. They would not have to do the hard work of treating enemies as neighbors or take accountability for their contributions in creating those enemies. They would have a king that would take care of it all for them. Yes, Father Johnny, I know. This may be on the verge of heresy. But remember, I did say at the beginning of that statement, I personally think. Well, we are fortunate to know that wasn't at all the way our Lord and Savior entered into this worldly plane. He came as a newborn. He came into this world in the most meager and humbling of ways possible. There was no might, there was no power, and definitely no sword. It seems that the prophets were correct that the Messiah would come. However, not quite in the way they thought. Israel's savior was not a king at all. He had no legions of armies at his command, nor did he have a kingdom to reign over. No, the coming of Christ was the entire opposite. He came as a baby, surrounded by the love of his father, the Holy Spirit, Joseph, and Mary. His kingdom was a manger full of animals and not soldiers. Our gospel is a part of the 13th chapter of Mark, where Jesus, who knows that he is going to die the death upon the cross, continues to prepare his disciples. So at the beginning of this chapter, Jesus leaves the temple and one of his disciples said, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Jesus answered him with, You see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. That's all that Jesus says at that time. However, when on the Mount of Olives with his disciples, Peter, James, John, and Andrew ask him a private question. Tell us, when is this going to happen? What signs will there be? This question is the beginning of the teaching of Christ about the things that will take place before he returns to this earthly plane. He tells them that many will come in his name and say, I am he. They will lead many astray. He also tells them that when they hear of wars and rumors of war, and nations rise against nations and see earthquakes and famines that take place, do not be alarmed. Stay alert that you are not led astray. There are many other things that Jesus tells them in the verses before today's passage. If you would like to know what Jesus lays out in the beginning of Mark chapter 13, take a look at it and ponder. Today's reading, however, is about the time that Jesus will return to the this earthly plane, the second time. Jesus describes what will happen upon his return. 
heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Jesus goes on to tell them that no one, not even himself, knows when the day and hour will be. He says, beware, keep alert. You do not know if it will be at midnight or early in the morning. So keep awake so that you are not asleep upon his return. He then says, and what I say to you, I say to all, keep alert. This description reminded me of prophets like Jeremiah. Why, you may ask? Jeremiah told of Jesus's first coming, and now Jesus, through the words of Mark, are telling his disciples of his second coming. In both instances, the common thread is keeping alert, stay awake. Now, does Jesus, who we know teaches in parables, really mean stay awake, do not be caught asleep? I personally do not think that causing ourselves to be sleep deprived is what he was saying. The 31st verse that says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away, leads me to an understanding that Jesus is telling us to be alert, be alert to his words, to the two great commandments, love God with all your body, mind, and spirit, and love your neighbors as yourselves. I believe that this 13th chapter of Mark, and also in plenty other chapters of all the Gospels, Jesus continues to emphasize that love, the action verb, the really, really, really hard part of love is what he is talking about when he tells us to keep alert. Keep alert of your thoughts, words, and deeds, those things that you've done and those things that we've left undone, so that we will remember the two great commandments that our Lord and Savior taught us how to do and continue to practice them and not be led astray. There are many thoughts, words, and deeds that are taking place in our world that I have no understanding of. However, I am certain of one thing. None of us, not one, knows the day or the hour that Jesus will return, or for that matter, what it's really going to be like when he does return. However, I suspect that Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit will return to us in whatever manner they see fit. But I bet all that I have that whatever manner that is, it will be the way of love. Amen. Let us stand with Christians throughout the world and throughout history to recite our statement of faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, by the power of the Holy Spirit he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary, and was made man. 
For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and Son he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for the church and for the world. With our hope resting on your advent, O Lord, we pray for the church and the world. Remembering especially Justin, the Archbishop of Canterbury. Michael, our presiding bishop, Brian, our bishop, Johnny, our rector, Chris and Gordon, our deacons. In our diocese, St. Luke's, Cleveland. And in our companion diocese of South Dakota, St. John, Browns Valley. Strengthen your church to be a sign of your arrival, that we might proclaim your great mercy to the poor, the hungry, and the lowly. Bear witness to your ever-brightening light among those, us, in this world, and stand ready to greet you at your dawning. Come, Lord Jesus. For we are Judge of the nations, we hold before you the injustice of the world and the suffering of your people with longing for the day when you will be our righteousness. We pray especially for Joseph, our president, the Congress of the United States, and our courts of justice. Give to the rulers of this world a repentant heart, and a renewed desire for justice and peace, even as we eagerly await the fulfillment of your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Come, Lord Jesus. Creator of the heavens and the earth, the whole creation also groans with longing for your arrival. Make us stewards of this good earth, which you have generously entrusted to our care, that we might prepare it as a fruitful and holy dwelling for the heavenly city on the day of your advent. Come, Lord Jesus. By the grace of your incarnation, be present with us here in Kingsport, especially with our local government, the homeless, social workers, shelters, food pantries, schools, and child care centers. Come, Lord Jesus. In your compassion, O Lord, visit the sick, the lonely, the suffering, and the despondent, especially Gordon, Becky, Carolyn, Stephanie and family, Ed, Bill, Eli, Nancy, Jesse, Cal, Larry, Louisa, Martha, Catherine, Randy, Mariana, Martha, Mike, Allison DeWitt, Irene, Lou, Rick, Al. John, Kim, Mark, Deanna, Jackson, Jonathan, Karen, Patricia, Van, Ruth, Claire, Linda, Gary, Kim, Matthew, Larry and Ann, Sandra, Harold, Caitlin, Katie, and Trish. Come, Lord Jesus. You are the living God and the God of those who live. Look kindly on our departed brothers and sisters 
especially Sister Brewer, that they might rest in the light of your countenance until the last day when they are raised to new life in Jesus Christ. Come, Lord Jesus. O Lord, our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people and the multitude of your mercies. Look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Friends, the peace of the Lord be always with you. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And before the blessing, I forgot to remind you all that this coming Wednesday, we invite you to join us for our Purely Social, which will be dinner at 6.30. Um, the menu's in the bulletin, but we'd love to see you there to spend some time together on Wednesday evening for dinner and conversation. So please join us for that this coming Wednesday. Now for our Advent blessing. May the sun of righteousness shine upon you and scatter the darkness from before your path. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord.